0: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at the Hockey or wherever you get your podcasts from.
1: Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured at canadiansconnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadian's Connection Podcast.
0: Hello everyone. Welcome to the Canadian's Connection Podcast here on rocket sports radio keeping you informed engaged and entertained my name is michael spinella and i'll be your host for the next hour this is episode 261 of the canadians connection podcast and i'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host the editor of the hockey news Montreal, the founder and the president of rocket sports mr rick stevens and rick how are you doing today
2: well, um, it's been an exciting week, so uh, I'm pretty excited about this show. I'm excited about the next few weeks as uh, training camp is underway. At least the rookie camp is is underway for the Montreal Canadiens. So we got lots to talk about. We have games, a game to talk about. Um, yeah, it's it's all happening pretty quickly. So I hope that most of our audience has been with us over the summer. We've been here every week. Over the summer, providing you podcasts. If you haven't, you might want to go back and and listen to uh, some of those to catch up because at this point, it's like a moving train, jumping on a moving train. Um, Yeah, we're in motion. There's lots happening, and uh, we'll try to get to all of that uh, today.
0: Yeah, uh, we cleared out the flood from the studio, Uh, those who (laughs) tuned in last week, a little bit of a water issue. But uh, now uh, we have a flood of Montreal Canadiens news to get to and uh, plenty of fun stuff to talk about here in this first segment. Believe it or not, we had a hockey game and we're going to be talking about that to start things off. And then in segment two, we shift our focus and uh, take a look at what the Montreal Canadiens goal will be going into this season. In segment three, it's a have your say segment. We turn it over to our listeners, and our Canadians connection question of the week is which players will you be watching during the Canadians Rookie Camp? We want to make sure that we hear from you. And, Rick, this is a very interactive podcast. So, what's the best way for all the good people to reach out to us?
2: Well, text us. We have set up a Rocket Sports text line. It's easy to remember it's 5853 five, Rocket, 5853 five, Rocket. Um, and, and you can send us a text 24 hours a day with your thoughts, uh, as many have done, uh, especially this past week. If you have a little bit more to say, uh, then we'll fit in uh, a text, uh, send us an email. You can send us an email at hello at Rocketsportsmedia.com.
0: You can also reach out to us on our social media. Just make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, you can check out our website, CanadiansConnection.fm. So as I said, there were a few games, or at least one game that went down uh, this past week. The 2023 Prospect Challenge is underway in Buffalo, New York. And last night, uh, Friday, September the 15th, Montreal th- Montreal's rookies faced off against Buffalo, and Buffalo comes away with a 6-3 victory. Uh, Montreal's goals coming from Simoneau, Tourney, and Wa. Uh, maybe the nerves got to all these players, but I have to say this was a bit of a disappointing showing from the Habs prospects. Uh, this was our first official look at uh, Logan Mayu and David Reimbacker in the CH. Both are uh, first round picks. And honestly, uh, I felt a little bit underwhelmed by both of them. So let's hope that they can bounce back. There's a couple games left in this tournament and I hope they left all their nerves behind in the game last night.
2: Yeah. And I, I, We're not going to evaluate uh, these players too harshly uh, in their first game, Um, but let's also acknowledge that uh, it was the first game, a first time um, for some of the prospects on the other side uh, wearing Sabres uniforms. And um, I think that um, it's important to be reminded, and we certainly uh, were on Friday night, that other teams have exciting prospects too. Um, you know, it's. I, I know Canadians fans are excited about uh, the prospects on uh, the Montreal Canadiens or in the system, in the pipeline, uh, and you should be. Uh, but I think that uh, we can tell that that um, there's still some holes. There's still some talent that needed needs to be added, uh, and and a team like Buffalo. It was it was good going up against them uh, in the first game because um, Buffalo is a little bit further ahead in. In their rebuild, they have uh, a little bit stronger uh, players uh, on their NHL roster, and they also have uh, a boatload of talent um, with in their prospect pool. Uh, we saw five first-rounders, uh, first-round picks in the Buffalo lineup last night. Uh, Yuri Kulich, uh, Matty Savoy, Zach Benson uh, in this most recent draft, Isaac Rosen, Ryan Johnson, uh, they got a lot of talent there. Um, and, I, and it was Jeff Hool, it's the Laval coaching staff that uh, are looking after this rookie tournament. Um, he said there's a lot of, of speed and a lot of uh, skill in that Buffalo lineup. And, and his troops had a hard time um, matching up to that, um, particularly on the defensive side. And, and uh, there was some nice play um, as well. Um, I thought William Trudeau, um, you know, he he carried the puck a few times and and he seemed confident and poised. Um, you know, Logan Mayu is an offensive player. He's, um respected for his offensive play, his heavy shot, his physical play. Uh, he was exposed defensively a couple of times. Um, and I thought that uh, Ryan Backer particularly looked um, pretty nervous last night. Uh, there's a lot of times that... Uh, he just turned and wheeled and fired the puck off the glass and and down the boards and and better to, um, you know to clear it out of trouble um, than try to make a play. But um, I I think that that um, in in future he's he's going to react and make different decisions. He talked about being very nervous. He talked about uh, uh, really feeling the 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 small smallness of the ice. Uh, the dimensions different. The boards are coming up on him much quicker, um, and uh, it, it was it was eye opening um, for I think for fans and and for uh, the young prospects um, as well. There were some great performances. Owen Beck, um, my goodness, he looked confident. He looked like he was a leader out there. He looked like he was effective every time. Jan Mishak, feisty, um, you know, in on the forecheck, making good defensive plays. Um, on f- uh, face-offs he was he was good and the surprise for me was Florian Jackai, Uh with all this talent uh, on the other side um, Jacai was a di- disruptor out there as you might expect um, taking any opportunity he could to poke these more skilled players and and put them off their game so um it, Again, uh, great to see the Montreal Canadiens uh, in the rookie form on the ice, um, but uh, maybe maybe not their best efforts. And, and uh, I expect, you know, we're talking about prospect pools. The Boston Bruins, not a very strong pos- prospect pool, and, and that's the team that the, the Canadiens rookies uh, will be up against next. Before I forget, before I move on, um, I just want to um, mention Jakob Dobas. Uh, he's he had to be pretty nervous uh, as well. He had a barrage of shots in the first period, thirteen, I believe. Saved twelve of them. Made some great saves. Uh, so yes, he gave up uh, uh, five goals. One was an empty net in that six three loss. Um, but I thought that he played uh, he played very well uh, in the game. Um, and we'll be we'll be we'll be keeping an eye on on different prospects as this tournament goes along.
0: Yeah, a couple more opportunities to watch these prospect teams. Uh, today, on September the 16th, uh, Montreal is going to face off against Boston in an afternoon game. Uh, 3.30 p- p.m. is the puck drop, and then uh, a day off before they face off against Ottawa on September the 18th. That's going to be a one thirty puck drop. So if you're at work, uh, make sure you have an extra monitor <laughs> set aside so you can watch these games.
2: One, one more observation, if I can just interrupt for a second. Um, I, I know that uh, on social media last night, um, it was uh, fans are saying, listen, these these players are new to each other. Um, they didn't have time, they haven't played together. Um, and and, you know, some of that is is true, again, same for Buffalo. Um, but it was interesting., uh, the opening lineup, um, for Friday night had a lot of similarities from the opening lineup in 2022. In fact, two thirds, of the forward um, trios uh, were kept intact from last year. That sounds, that sounds, how did that happen? Uh, But the coaching staff kept people together who've played together um, before. You had um, Owen Beck and Emil Heinemann um, together in 2022. They had Lucas Condotta with them. Um this year as it was Owen Beck and Emil Heinemann together with Joshua Waugh, so two-thirds of that line together. Riley Kidney and Philippe Mishar together in twenty twenty-two and twenty twenty-three. The entire third line was exactly the same. Jan Mishak centering uh Sedar and, and Xavier Simeno, same in twenty twenty-two and twenty twenty-three. And on the third on the fourth line, sorry, Jared Davidson um repeated again. It was Defense on defense, where there was a little more variability uh, with William and uh, Trudeau and and Miguel Tourney uh, being the only return uh, players from 2022. But I found that interesting, and things don't happen by accident. Um, uh, Interesting that the coaching staff took a look at at who they deployed last year and put them together again so they'd feel comfortable uh, for that opening game this year.
0: So I think it's kind of nice to see that continuity. Yeah. Uh, The Montreal Canadiens record in this prospect challenge so far, 0-1-0. So just the one loss. Uh, Please make sure you continue to check out Habs Notepad, Habs Headlines, and feature articles throughout this busy season at THN.com slash Montreal. In our roster news, uh, on Monday, the Canadiens held their 47th annual charity golf tournament. Uh, And there was speculation that there would be a big announcement and we got it. Mike Matheson was announced to be an alternate captain joining Nick Suzuki as who is the captain and Brendan Gallagher as the other alternate uh, as part of the leadership group for the 2023-24 season. Uh, I think we were a little bit surprised to see that it was Matheson that uh, was the choice. I don't think that it was very clear or obvious, but uh, Matheson is a veteran. Uh, Of course, he's got some local ties as well. So we'll see how he does in this leadership role.
2: Yeah, um, I think that Matheson uh, was an interesting choice. Uh, He hasn't necessarily had leadership experience prior to this. Um, You know, some had had speculated, and I think we would have advocated uh, that two-thirds of the leadership core be made up um, by young players um, because they could then grow together. Um, You know, some had suggested Caulfield, some had suggested Caden Gooley as an alternate um, you know, if if um, if leadership was what you wanted, uh, David Savard has has filled that role really well uh, in the past. But question is is how lo- how much longer is David Savard going to be around? Um, but I think that um, you know we're looking for reasons with respect to Mike Matheson being announced uh, as an alternate, and RDS, um, who have some influence, uh, was quick to jump on the fact. That, um, that yes, there's been temporary A's, but uh, that no one, um, no Quebecois uh, player has um, had a permanent letter um, prior to Matheson uh, since uh, Patrice, Patrice Brisebois in 2002-2003. And I know that, that every um, preseason um they're banging the drum about this that it's been 20 years since since that's happened uh, so that they can have someone on the leadership group speaking French uh, Paul Byron Paul, Paul Byron is f- absolutely uh fluent but he's a Franco-ontarian, not a Québécois as uh, as the French media was looking for so um those still those there there are um other things other than, than strictly hockey decisions that uh, affect decisions in Montreal. And I think we got evidence of that um, this week. Um, as far as the, the golf tournament itself, it's, it's, it's the opening of the season. We know that the annual golf tournament happens and, and things will start to happen around it. We should remember that it's a charity event um, that they raised eight hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars for the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundation. That's really important uh, from this this event. Uh, that was a record amount of money. Uh, they brought in some uh, celebrities, Jim Furyk um, and uh, Mike Weir uh, from the PGA Tour, um, and the fact that each player has an opportunity, and not only the players, but uh, coaching staff and, and management have an opportunity to to speak with the media, and that's very important. Uh, so it's a um, you know it's there, there's a lot going on um, in in the uh, uh, the golf tournament. I think the other thing that um, I noticed was there were some interesting pairings, and and uh, in in setting up the the golf uh, duos that went out for a couple of holes. Um, you had, uh, I think it was uh, Chris Weidman and Cole Caulfield together, uh, but it was, the, and um, Uri Slovkoski and, and Arbor jackie together, but it was the goaltending uh, duos that the Canadians had set up that was fascinating to me. Uh, you might expect if the two goaltenders this season uh, in Montreal are going to be Jake Allen and Sam Montembeau, that they might be put in a cart together. Didn't work out that way. It was Carey Price and Jake Allen, in one and Sam Montembeau and Caden Primo in the other. Uh, Interpret that as you will, (laughs) meaning something, meaning nothing. Uh, We'll leave that to you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, At this golf tournament, uh, a lot of players, a lot of people uh, behind the scenes were given uh, different media availabilities and, uh, well, Jeff Molson being one of those, and he was asked a, a pretty interesting question and i have to give credit to uh, the person that asked this question, but he was asked about the skyrocketing ticket prices. Uh, we knew back in August uh, that this was something that was going to happen this season. It was said that there would be a 25 impre- increase in the ticket prices. And uh, Rick, what did we have to say about this one?
2: Uh, as you said, very interesting. Jeff Molson doesn't get tough questions because uh, you'll get the glare if, if media have asked him anything tough um, and so credit uh, to the, the journalists that asked him about this. And I mean it would be it would be disingenuous, but maybe it would have been easy for him to hide behind skyrocketing inflation, especially in Canada uh, these days. Um, but the you know the argument on the other side of that is that 90 some odd percent of the budget, uh, for a hockey team is player salaries, and those haven't moved. Um, yes, individuals have gotten raises. Yes, individuals have have received uh, more money, but there's been a flat cap. Uh, so the the team's expense, major expense, that is salaries, hasn't changed. Uh, you say, well, yeah, but it costs the Canadians more because they had injuries. Those injuries are insured for the most part. So uh, why are the prices going up so high, Jeff Molson was asked, and and his answer I don't think he was he was prepared for it necessarily, but he said his answer was kinda like paraphrasing, Well everybody else is doing it. Everybody else has got high prices. Um and my goodness, um that argument never sounds very good. Um, you know, in 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 grade school, if you say, Well the other guy started or he's doing it that 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 never got you anywhere if try and, and argue your way out of a speeding ticket saying, well, everybody else is speeding. You're not going to win that either. Um, so I, I, it, was, it was a bad look for um, Jeff Molson, and, and especially because uh, the Canadians are, and they have been, in the top three in valuations, valued at over $2 billion, and their revenue is top three in the league at $140, $150 million. So um this 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 is something that that the team needed to prepare for with a better answer. Um TBS Sport uh the good people there uh put together they went around and 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 looked at the average price of a ticket in Montreal compared to everywhere else and they said that it was the seventh Montreal is the seventh most expensive ticket um and we're talking about average ticket prices and for a family of four that includes um, refreshment and whatnot that for the average family of four, and this was 2022, that's not what this year's increase. Uh, it costs $750 to take your family to a game. And which is, as we know, beyond the, uh, the means of of many families out there. And I think that, that it's clear that Jeff Molson is raising prices. The Montreal Canadiens are raising prices because they can. Uh, it's 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 simple supply and demand, and there's an overabundance of demand in Montreal. Uh, they're raising the prices because they can, and that 150 million dollars that they made in 2022 is is undoubtedly going up. I think I think that fans uh, deserved a a better answer uh, for that. Um, that well-versed question.
1: Yeah,
0: I think that's very well put as well, Rick. Uh, One of the other things that we have in our roster report here, uh, we saw a picture of this guy put up on the website, (laughs) but I don't think we saw an official announcement. Uh, The Canadians have hired Mark Mullen as an amateur scout. And uh, yeah, another very curious case where uh, the picture's on the website out of nowhere and uh, no press release for this.
2: It's it's fascinating how this happens um, and continues to happen. Uh, these people are added without any kind of mention, and and we just got to keep on our toes and so that we can pass it on to you. Who's Mark Mullen, who is the newest amateur scout for the Montreal Canadiens? Uh, he's been an amateur scout uh, for since the two thousand nine two thousand ten season for the L.A. Kings. Um, and for the last um, six or seven years, he's been an amateur scout with the Detroit Red Wings. Um, he's his hometown is Dorchester, uh, Massachusetts. So we're assuming uh, that there's a connection there with Jeff Gordon, Kent Hughes, um, and also the the stop in in Los Angeles. There might have been a co- crossover um, with uh, Nick Bobrov. Uh, so I th- I think these people all know each other. And, uh, we, that led to, uh, Mark Mullen being added to the amateur coaching staff.
0: So we'll continue to hit a refresh button throughout the week <laughs> and see if any other pictures pop up. Cole Caulfield was in Las Vegas last week for the 2023 NHL player media tour. And, uh, he had a chance to take a picture with Sidney Crosby. He had a chance to sit down next to Connor Bedard and take a photo and, uh, Honestly, I recommend checking those out. Uh, those are really cool to see, and uh, of course, uh, the Las Vegas uh, media tour is a pretty big thing at this time of year. Uh, Rick, did you have any other take- takeaways from this?
2: Well, it it is. Um, it, it's purely a, a media ops. Um, it's an opportunity for for the media to take pictures that they'll use in promo packages and and uh, f- for their broadcasts for the upcoming year. Um, and 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 uh, it. it it puts a representative from each team last year. it was Nick Suzuki that that went to Vegas. They like to spread it around a little bit, so it was Cole Caulfield this year. looked like Caulfield had a blast. He was laughing in in every picture, particularly with Crosby. Um it's an opportunity for him to uh, get known around the rest of the league and and to interact with with other players. Uh, A lot of fun, and um, who better to pick uh, to represent the Canadians
1: uh, than Cole Caulfield.
0: And now I think it's a good time to get to our Habs prospect report.
1: It's time for the Rocket Report. The Rocket Sports Media team is your premier source for information about the Laval Rocket the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, as well as Habs prospects playing in the CHL, NCAA, and leagues around the world. Bookmark THN.com slash Montreal to follow our comprehensive coverage of Canadians' prospects.
0: So we have a trade to announce, or maybe we don't. I'm not <laughs> sure, to be honest. Uh, the Canadians acquired Jack of Novak from the Ottawa Senators in exchange for computer, future considerations is what was being reported by cap friendly at least but as far as we can tell uh, jackoff novak actually signed an ahl deal with laval a few months back uh, the ottawa senators relinquished his rights after they did not extend him a qualifying offer and trick this seems like a bit of a mess i'm not sure quite what happened here
2: caused a huge stir on social media uh when cap friendly announced that as you said there was a trade to announce uh, that uh, the the Canadians had had acquired uh, Novak for f- that future considerations always uh, f- folks always poke fun at that what 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 do we end up owing Ottawa well in this case it's nothing uh, this is all about um, bookkeeping um, as you said it was uh, July third when um, free agency opened up uh, the, the Laval Rocket made some signings. They signed a number of players to one-year, one-way AHL contracts. Toby uh, Paquette-Bisson, uh, Jared Davidson, who we talked about earlier, uh, goaltender Strauss Mann, and Yakov Novak. Um, Novak is, is, is a big player, 6'3", 203, uh, 24 years old. Um, he Last year, he was um, in the NCAA with Northeastern and then closed out the season. Uh, with the Allen Americans in in the ECHL, um, he was a, a seventh round pick uh, in 2018 by Ottawa, uh, but as you said, they had uh, decided not to um, uh, sign him. This is all about reserve lists. The Canadians have have a reserve list. Ottawa has a reserve list. Um, he was he was part of he he was signed to a contract by the Montreal Canadiens on July 3rd, uh, but. Technically, he, his rights were still uh, controlled by Ottawa because he was on their reserve list. So this is just cleanup, moving him from one reserve list uh, to another. Um, uh, Cat Friendly is usually very good about this, this stuff. They didn't explain it very well, so it caused a real stir. Uh, but there's, there's, there's no trade to report, um, simply bookkeeping.
0: And I think had this happened almost any other time of year, I don't think it would have been as big a deal. I don't think it would have been trending as much as it was. So I think we're all starving for hockey, but uh, don't worry. It's underway. Uh, We have the prospect challenge happening. No need to focus too much on uh, Yakov Novak. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So we have a number of quotes uh, coming from different people in the organization in regards to mentoring young, young prospects and, uh, well, according to Kent Hughes, this starts with leadership, right?
2: That's right. He was asked about this um, as part of the, um, the, the, the charity golf tournament. Um, the Canadians held a, a round roundtable um, question and answers for, uh, for, for people with that were there at the tournament, uh, and they took some questions uh, online as well. Uh, answering the questions, Kent Hughes, Marty St. Louis, and the two alternate captains, Brendan Gallagher and Mike Matheson. Um, and they were asked um, a really interesting question about, um, about how uh, the Canadians, what program that they have in place to mentor um, young prospects. Um, and it, it's something that we have talked about for a long, long time, um, that how important it is to, to, um, to mentor um, young players who... You know, get thrown into the NHL and and um, and and with with not very much background, uh, as it, as it were, or or guidance. Um, it's it's kind of you know they are left on their own to survive or not. Um, and I, I and Kent Hughes was asked about that, and he said, um, you know, it's it's all about our dressing room. Our dressing room is is uh, a safe space. It's it's where uh, our leaders um, interact with um, our young players, um, and and um, we believe in open communication. He talked about the fact that they have a sports psychologist on board, um, and basically said that you know this while there there doesn't appear to be any um, uh, program in place uh, for, uh, for mentorship that um that this is how the team uh takes care of it informally um and and others uh, kind of chimed in on it um and Marty Saint Louis uh talked about his way um of his approach to mentoring with young players
3: Yeah, no, I have all the young guys living in my basement <laughs> <laughs>
2: so <laughs> Um, humor, um, that helps. Uh, but it also just reinforced the fact that the Canadians don't have, they don't have a, a program um, to officially mentor uh, young prospects. I mean, I, you know, this is something we've been talking about uh, since the AHL affiliate was in Hamilton. And, and back then, um, the very directly, um, many prospects were telling us, why do you put us in Hamilton? This is a dangerous city. Um, and, and you know, we're left on our own kind of thing. Um, so it was, it's it's something that, that other teams do. And, and the most famous case, of course, Pittsburgh Penguins, Sidney Crosby, uh, he, he went to live with, with Mario Lemieux. We know that case. But it's something that doesn't happen um, so often. Um Anymore, um, and you know, uh, a seventeen-year-old was was sent over to Europe in uh, in the midst of the pandemic um, without any kind of mentorship, and it it didn't work out. Um, so, I, I think that the Canadians need to do better. Um, and something happened uh, over the the last few months uh, or the last month uh, for uh, Logan Mayu. Um, and he has been staying, we learned, with an experienced NHL player.
3: Uh, yeah, I've been here for about a month, so uh, I was actually fortunate enough to be able to live with, uh, with Pauly Byron and, uh, and his family for about a month, so they opened up their doors for me, and uh, they were awesome, they were great, so I mean, I got to live with a guy who's got over 600 games for a month uh, going into my first year pro, so it was, uh, it was really good to pick his mind and uh, pick his brain a bit for sure.
2: Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and he said that uh, that one of the pieces of advice that he got from Paul Byron, and, and listen, there are two pathways to the NHL, completely different, but what does that matter? Paul Byron, uh, one of the, the biggest messages that um, that Logan Mayu got was you have to fight for your position every day. Somebody's there to challenge you somebody's there to take your position you have to focus you have to fight you have to give an effort every single day and a great message uh for um, not only Logan Mayu but any young prospect
0: yeah I think those are two like really good points that you brought up there Rick I think it's pretty significant that uh, Paul Byron's actually stepped up to the plate here yeah. I think that's really awesome that he's the one doing that Uh, Our final quote uh, on this topic comes from Brandon Gallagher, and he's uh, talking about uh, people who inspired mentorship early in his career.
4: You know, I got to play with a lot of really good players uh, when I was younger, but uh, Brian Gionta, who was my captain early on in my career, was really important for me as a player, Um, smaller player, kind of went through a couple different eras, just knew a lot about the way the game needed to be played and how I would need to play it, and he's someone I still talk to. When we go on the road uh, in Buffalo, he always takes me out for dinner. Um, He'll be the first to tell you he always pays, Uh, and I appreciate that from Gio. uh, (laughs) uh, uh, He was someone that was really important to me, helped me out in the locker room, off the ice, on the ice, him along with Josh Georges. And then, uh, and yeah, still to this day, have that friendship and that relationship. So that's really important
2: to me. That's a big message from Brendan Gallagher. Uh, we know that, that Brendan Gallagher lived with uh, Josh George, uh, Josh Georges um, and his girlfriend, I think at that point, uh, or had they been married, doesn't matter. Uh, lived with the Georges family. Uh, and it was Brian Gionta, uh, captain at that point with the Canadians who taught, uh, who passed on the messages about how to be a good pro, and uh, that that relationship, whenever whenever uh, the, the Canadians are in Buffalo, Gallagher uh, still uh, meets with Brian Gionta, and and that connection um, survives. So uh, that seems to have evolved on its own. Um, that ha- that certainly happens, but um, I I think I think we'd love to see the Canadians encourage. Um, Those connections between uh, veterans and between uh, young players, particularly with so many uh, young players on the roster, uh, to help them learn uh, what they need to know, as in Gallagher's words, uh, both on and off the ice.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's very important. It sounds like it had a huge impact on Gallagher's career, too. So I'm hoping that uh, some people in the organization uh, start to set up and uh, maybe start to make these connections and uh, put some of these younger players in with uh, some of the veterans who are more experienced to help them along in their progression. You can find all of our content about Canadians' prospects at THN.com slash Montreal. We have our quote of the week, and this quote comes from Carey Price it gets a little bit emotional, and it's Kerry giving an update on his injured knee.
5: Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, honestly, on a day-to-day basis, it feels really good. You know, like, uh, I come here, you know, towards the start of training camp, and I feel like I could still go out there and wreak havoc, you know, and honestly, on a day-to-day basis, I feel I feel really good, but, you know, when I do certain things on a, on a consistent basis, it's a very, very solid reminder that my knee's not in a position to, to take the brunt of a full season's workload, you know, I still get a, a tremendous amount of swelling in it. Um, so for short periods of, of time, I can, you know, I can I can do things that are strenuous. But the honest thing is, right now, that it's just not going to happen. To to take the stress of of the goaltending position isn't uh, it's not where it needs to be. So for now, I'm just going to continue to try and uh, you know try and. You know, rehab my knee to a position where it's, you know, fit for life in general.
2: Well, there, Kerry talks about um, the fact that, um, you know, he can. His knee is uh, still giving him trouble. It still is not. Um, he's not recovered, but he can put a bit of stress on it. Um, he was, um, you know, participated in, in the charity softball game and uh, and afterwards it was it swelled for two weeks. Um, so Kerry, um, basically confirming what we knew, um, in the past that, um, that, that he's not going to return to hockey. Um, his, his body won't allow him. He still wants to, he still feels that he can go in and, and, um, uh, and be part of training camp, uh, but that his knee won't, uh, survive the rigors of, um, of an NHL season, um, and uh, you know, one of the reasons he's in this position is because he pushed his body beyond its limits, uh, as the Canadians, uh, as he carried uh, the Canadians, uh, pardon the pun, uh, to uh, the Stanley Cup final, um, and uh, and 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 punished his his body uh, beyond its limits. Shea Weber did exactly the same thing, and now they are paying the price uh, for um, delivering. Uh, to Canadians fans, um, that excitement of a long playoff run and going to the Stanley Cup final, uh, they're left with the, the burden of uh, injuries that uh, they'll have to deal with uh, their entire life um, and uh, will affect their quality of life. Um, so, you know, some people are, are, are concerned about um, uh, Carey still being paid. Well, he, he deserves every single dollar, um, and it's it's not uh, an issue for the, for the Canadians uh, because as we know his money is going to go on um, LTI LTI and uh, that even on the bottom line, Jeff Molson um, talking about uh, ticket prices, uh, that money that money is insured so it doesn't come out of Molson's uh, pocket either. Point is uh, that this was this was pretty emotional, pretty hard hitting for, Uh, For I think for Kerry and for uh, Canadians fans uh, hearing um, his own words uh, that um, that he's played his last game.
0: Yeah, I agree with all of that. And now we'll take uh, a look around the league for some hockey news and notes before we head into our break uh, to start this off, the NHL trade deadline has officially been set for 3 p.m. Eastern on March the 8th. Uh, last year, the trade deadline occurred on March the 3rd, so it's in and around the same time.
2: Yeah, and of course, this is going to be a date that is, it will be penciled on uh, Montreal Canadiens fans' calendar. Uh, it's an important date for the Montreal Canadiens. It's a, it's a date where Kent Hughes uh, can work to continue to overhaul the roster can continue to uh maybe get rid of some bad contracts continue to uh build his um his assets uh, um you know draft picks um young players um and and revamp um you know all the mistakes that uh, were left in his lap
0: yeah and that doesn't mean that he has to wait until then to no. start making moves he has pretty much from now until then to make all these moves and uh, this ties in nicely with the next thing on our uh, news items and it uh, looks like the Colorado Avalanche are reviewing available goaltender options as Pavel Francouz has not re- yet recovered from his offseason surgery. Uh, Montreal has four goaltenders on one-way deals this season, so they might have a thing or three to offer up to them. And I think the most likely ends up being Casey DeSmith, who doesn't really fit into what Montreal is doing at the moment. Uh, The other thing uh, Avalanche could look into doing is they could lean into the waiver wire a little bit. We know that there's going to be some goaltenders put on waivers, so they might opt to go in that direction instead of trading for a Casey DeSmith.
2: Kent Hughes has said that the, the goaltending market is pretty soft. He'd like to trade Casey to Smith. He'd like to move him on so he doesn't have to uh, send him to Laval or put him on waivers in the hopes of sending him to Um uh, Maybe the, the goaltend this will impact the goaltending um, uh, market. Uh, uh is going to miss some time. It's, it's clear that's going to happen and, and Colorado will have to, may have to look at um, making a move, whether it's grabbing somebody from waivers, or making a trade. Uh, in my opinion, if you know, if um, if Colorado calls and they're looking for Smith, that will happen. If they're asking about Jake Allen, the answer for me is yes. If they're asking about Sam Montembo, the answer is of course yes. Caden uh, and and Primo. Uh, none of these goaltenders are going to be part of uh, the Canadians uh, going forward when when they're going to be competing regularly for for a Stanley Cup. Um, that's an area that's still evolving. Uh, so you know, I, I know that that folks want to see Montembeau in the lineup this year. Um, maybe he'll be in someone else's lineup more likely it's going to be the Smith uh, or an outside chance at Allen.
0: Yeah, I agree with all of that. So uh, coming up, we'll hear a brand new message from our sponsors, DraftKings, and then we'll get to our big topic segment. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPENY or text HOPENY 467 67369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort, KS, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply.
0: Welcome back to the Canadian's Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at The Spinella. With me in the studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Rocket Sports. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, check out the website, CanadiansConnection.fm. Also, just a reminder here to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast on your on the player or your favorite podcasting app. And this is going to be a pretty jam packed segment that we have planned for you. As the Montreal Canadiens rookie training camp begins, we will focus on the team's goals for the season on how the Montreal Canadiens plan to get there. What are the most common messages and buzzwords for this season? And what is the blueprint? Uh, This is going to be your guide for what to expect during the preseason and uh, help you uh, gain your expectations for the upcoming season. And uh, Rick, plenty of things went down. We have a lot of audio from this past week, but I think to start off, uh, we should maybe recap uh, some of what was said last season and some of the things that that we were talking about around this time, right?
2: Absolutely. Uh, set, Set the context for us.
0: So last season, it was a season of intentions. I think intentions was the buzzword being used. We heard that over and over again. And what did that mean? Well, I think it was more about development and giving opportunities as a priority as opposed to winning. Uh, Although I would argue, though, as the season went along, I don't know that the Montreal Canadiens were very consistent in that. Over the course of the season, of course, we saw Martin St. Louis make some lineup decisions uh, that maybe valued winning over development. We saw Doc being stapled to the wing for months instead of being put at his natural position at center. And even after moving him to center, there are a few times where Martin St. Louis reverted back to putting Doc on the top line wing alongside Suzuki and Caulfield. Uh, looking down the organization a little bit, uh, J.F. Wool last season in Laval, well, he was all about winning as opposed to development. <laughs> and that uh, didn't we, happen. Yeah, and that, <laughs> that didn't even really work out. Montreal uh, did not, or sorry, Laval did not have a great season whatsoever. Uh, we saw young prospects like uh, Ulanen and Meshak getting scratched, being given fewer minutes than some of the AHL veterans. So that unfortunately did not work out very well. And despite uh, being a players coach, uh, going back to Martin St. Louis a little bit, we saw at the end of the season, uh, he seemed to have an issue putting in Sean Farrell into the lineup. Uh, It seemed, well, and Martin St. Louis pointed this out himself, Sean Farrell was a Kent Hughes decision getting into the lineup. I don't think Marty wanted him in the lineup. And even after giving Sean Farrell a few games, he put Sean Farrell back up in the press box uh, to watch a few after that. So... Uh, like I said uh, last season, we were told it was going to be all about intentions and development, but um, I don't know that we necessarily got that over the course of the season.
2: Yeah, it's uh, that was uh, the buzz phrase of of last uh, training camp. It was uh, intentions, not results, uh, and I think that, um, in addition, I agree with exactly what you said. But in addition, I think it provided. Um, you know, a, a ready-made excuse for when the Canadians didn't win. You know, uh, Marty St. Louis just reaches into his back pocket and said, "Remember, we said <laughs> we said it was going to be our intentions, uh, not the the results, uh, not the standings." Um, and and I, I think with with any of the buzz buzzwords, with any of the buzz phrases uh, that are are used, um, and and how do we know how do we know that that that's the that that uh, has been decided on well, when when more than one person at, at different opportunities are saying exactly the same thing, you know that that uh, the coaching staff and the management and and uh, the Laval coaching staff that they've all talked about it and come up with these um, these phrases. Um, so uh, it's it's important to make sure that um, I guess all, everybody's on the same page and and as you uh, expertly pointed out, it wasn't always the case. Uh, there were some variations, um, you know, with people sticking to the, the buzzwords, to sticking with the plan uh, as the season went on. But also, uh, different parts of the organization seemed to be on a very different page. So, um, I, I guess what we're trying to do here is is help you uh, watch out for um, signals, um, signals that can help set your expectations. Uh, for the upcoming year um and I think we got a kind of a, an advanced uh look and and it caused a real buzz in the fan base uh, at the end of the season at the um the the, the the end of the regular season there was the end of season uh, presser uh Kent Hughes and and uh, Jeff Gordon uh, the locker clean out uh, call it what you will and uh, Kent Hughes said um, we're not saying we're going to make the playoffs, but we're not ruling out playoffs um, for next season. Um, that 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 has to. We have to start moving in that direction. Well, that went like wildfire, um, and and fans started talking about play. Next year is the playoff, and th- that just he let that out of the bag, and uh, fans, media, everybody ran with it, and you notice that midseason when Kent Hughes was um, talking. He was walking that that back a bit. Um, it's really gotten walked back in the last um, in the last week. Uh, so much so um, that that they're talking about, they're back to the whole issue of patience. Be patient, fans, be patient. Uh, this is going to take a while. Be patient. We're not, we don't have our, our group who can compete yet, um, we still have to acquire assets. We still have to, so please be patient. Um, question has to be asked: Is are the prospects are are, are coaching are the coaching staff and are uh, the management patient with the prospects as well? Um, maybe because I think it's it's a two way street in that regard. But with respect to being patient when it comes to playoffs, um, Jeff Gordon, and this was at the golf tournament, Jeff Gordon uh, came to the microphone, um, and, and he didn't want to say the word playoffs. Um, and it was, it's fascinating. I can't play this audio for you uh, because it disappeared, um, either from glitches technically or otherwise. Uh, th- this di- has disappeared, but the quote, the, the the quote, we have part of the quote for you. Uh, but the initial part of the quote is from Jeff Gordon. Quote: Listen, I know that everybody would like us to say the P word, and then the reporters were saying, well, "What's the P word?" Um, and he was he was playful with it. Well, I don't know what it means in French. I can't tell you the French t- translation and. Um, you know, he danced around a little bit and tried to be, tried to be funny. But apparently, we've gone from Kent Hughes a few months back saying, "Yeah, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not shy about saying playoffs anymore," to now they can't even say the word. It's simply <laughs> the p word.
0: And uh, I would argue that maybe they they should and I think they have started doing this, they should use a different P word, and that's patience. I, I think that's something that uh, that's come up a few times already. And honestly, this whole media availability or what's left of it from Jeff Gordon was pretty good and I think pretty yeah. telling. Uh, did we want to start off with the, our first audio clip from Jeff Gordon? Uh, the one where he's talking about the goal for the season. And
2: and, and just, um, just as a preface to that, listen uh, in these clips as we play them for you. Um, common w- words, common phrases. Um, but as you said, here's here's Jeff Gordon.
3: You know, I've said this since I got here. We're going to try to get better every day. And I know it's a cliche, and I'm sorry for that, but that's how we're going forward. That's what we want. We have a lot of young players that uh, have a, have some room to grow, and we're going to give them that room.
2: So that's, that's patience, um, room to grow. Um, grow and growth came up from Jeff Gordon, from Ken Hughes, from... Uh, a number, so uh, the, the theme for this season is going to be growth. Um, you know, a, as you said, uh, intentions were last season. The buzzword this season is, uh, the buzz, some of the buzzwords, um, it's not the P word, it's growth mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and patience. Um, and, and a cliche, as Gordon says, we're going to get better every day.
0: And I think that's fair. I I certainly like the sentiment that goes behind that. Uh, At this point, Montreal does have a lot of good prospects. They have a lot of good players right now that, you know, internal growth is going to be very important within this rebuild. So I think growth is a reasonable buzzword. But uh, as uh, I kind of talked about in the intro as to what happened last year with some of these buzzwords, I think the proof's going to have to be put in the pudding here. We're going to have to see if they can stick to that for the full season. Absolutely. And uh, the next quote uh, we have lined up for you, this one comes from Ken Hughes, and the question he was asked is, are you satisfied with the progress?
2: Hard to say that we're satisfied.
5: Um, We finished fifth from the bottom last year. Uh, There's been a lot of changes, and the changes uh, have been all with the objective of moving
2: us towards something, and and we're going to continue to work towards something. But to say that we're satisfied before you know, we're playing in the playoffs and competing for a Stanley
5: Cup is, to me, hard to say.
2: So the goal is moving us towards something.
5: What is
0: something?
2: He said it twice. Um, moving, uh, the goal is moving us towards something. So uh, really not wanting to, to put the, the team in the box or, or at, at all, leaving it wide open. Uh, he can't even define it at this point. Uh, but they've said before, um, they want to uh, have sustainable success, um, not just uh, one appearance in the playoffs and, and, uh, and then out again. They want to build something that's going to be sustainable success, um, but, but that's going to move us towards something, says Ken Hughes.
0: And I do like that he points out that he's he's not satisfied, of course, uh, yeah. with the position that Montreal is in. Like, yeah, obviously you're not satisfied with how things are here and now. And there's plenty of room for, dare I say, growth. Uh, I think that's going to come back a few times. Uh, another audio clip we have lined up, and this one's a little bit longer. It's uh, coming from Marty St. Louis, and uh, he's talking about his approach to coaching new players on the team.
3: You know, I, I haven't seen him from my own eyes live, okay? And, and I know, you know, the way he was used in, in, in Colorado, and I was very cautious of, of, of going and watch tape on him. Because, uh, um, you know, I, I want to I have a fresh look in, in our environment. I don't want to have uh, um, um, early thoughts based on what he was doing in an environment that I, in the context, I don't really know. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing, listen, I know his assets, he, he can fly, he doesn't tire out, he competes and now it's trying to figure out, okay, what else does he do, you know, what's his, what's his, uh, um, his quality, what's, what, what, what are the things he needs to work on, um, where is he more comfortable, you know, yeah, but we know he can play the power play, he can kill, he can play down the middle, he can play the wing, so to me what I'm, what I'm really happy is I feel we got a hockey player, I don't think I'm getting the kid who plays hockey, Which I think it's a big difference, so. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how he fits.
2: Marty tried out that buzz phrase last year that this 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 guy is a hockey player. He's not a guy who plays hockey. Uh, looks like he's going to stick with that <laughs> through uh, the upcoming season. Of course, he was talking about Alex Newhook there, but it could apply to anybody. Um, we know that. And, and listen, we're not trying to um, critique anyone. Um, we know that that Marty has. Um, his fans uh, among the fan base. and he's, he has his fans in the locker room. Um, players like playing for Marty St. Louis. They appreciate his inspirational, his emotional approach uh, to games. Unfortunately, I think that that Marty, um, you know, kind of disparages um, formal preparation. Um, and in this case, um, kind of an odd, kind of an immature kind of approach. Uh, to coaching a new player, uh, and that is um, no, I didn't spend any time in the off season. And we've heard Marty saying that his off season is his off season; it's protected. We we uh, when when Marty prior to his first full season, we said we hope that he hits the books, he hits the, the videotape, and and that he prepares um, and, and learns about players. He had none of that. He wants a gut reaction to his players. He doesn't want any kind of preconceived um, ideas to to color his opinions of a player. You know, the cover your ears and la, 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 I can't hear you. That's just, it's a bit silly for an NHL coach to say that. Uh, Or maybe he just doesn't want to put in the work in in the offseason. I can't imagine um, a, a, a player saying, uh, no, Marty. I, I I didn't spend any time um, working over the summer. I, I I wanted to come in and, and react fresh uh, in the in the fall. <laughs> um, you know, for, for someone who is so inexperienced um, as a coach to not want to broaden his knowledge base of, of players in the in, on his team and in the league. Um, I, I think it's a mistake, but but he has his method, and um, it's not going to change. We know that for sure. Um, he's he's going to rely on his gut. He's going to rely on on his eye and his uh, ability to instantly uh, evaluate a player uh, in training camp and 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 know all he needs to know about that player. That's going to apply to Alex Newhook. It's going to apply to um, any of the prospects that. Uh, that come up, that that are, are called up, and uh, that he's going to have a first look at.
0: See, when I'm listening to that quote from Marty, he almost has me. I'm almost fully on board with the method that he's going with and not wanting the preconceived notions of this player. But then... After hearing you talk and thinking about it a little bit more, I think I think you do have a really good point. And one of the things Marty says in this uh, availability is that uh, he's not had a chance to see Alex Newhook live, which, I, I don't, look, I'm not going to go back and check all the game sheets to see if that's correct or not, but I, I would think that Marty should have a book on a lot of different players across the NHL, and it's kind of disappointing to hear that he just kind of doesn't, right? <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, you, you'd think so. That, um, and and I understand. Being he said it's difficult for him behind the bench when he's asked at um, after games uh, what happened on this place. Is I have I have no idea. I'm just trying to uh, keep up with changing the lines, and and uh, that's very different for a coach as well. Um, and and so if he's 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 having a hard time keeping track of his own players, I guess he's not paying any attention to. Uh, the opposition players as well. He relies on his assistant coaches to help him in that regard. Um, It's, it's a very different way of coaching. Um, It's, it's great for this, uh, for this young team and to motivate them and to inspire them. Uh, Will it still be great once the Canadians um, are, have the potential of being successful? I, I really don't know.
0: Yeah, that's very true. And like, The other thing that kind of stands out to me is that uh, Marty, he talked a little bit about seeing some of the tapes of Alex Newhook, but then he really emphasizes that he doesn't want to paint uh, Alex Newhook into a corner. He doesn't want to have too many preconceived notions about this player, which overall, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. You certainly have a player here in Alex Newhook that's looking for a fresh start. He's looking to find his role on this team. But then again, to just not have any sort of a book on this player, I feel a little bit disappointed by that.
2: Yeah, giving players a second chance, I'm all I'm, and and not uh, restricting them, um, you know, not not saying, okay, Kirby Doc was this kind of player in in Chicago, so he's going to be this player again. We get that. We we get that. We get that. You don't want to do that, uh, but having that as part of your base. Uh, that, you know, if things aren't going well, he could start to slide into those bad habits. Um, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, you can have that information and still coach him differently uh, than Kirby Dock was coached in Chicago, than Newhook was coached in, in Colorado, putting him in different um, situations. Uh, you don't have to shut off, you know, all sources <laughs> of information to to make that happen.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, so, the next audio we have comes from JF Wool. JF Wool, the head coach in Laval, uh, we talked about how Laval did not have a very good season last year. We talked about how JF Wool was very, he was prioritizing winning over development. And we know it, uh, Laval's development has just not been a priority for this organization overall. So, JF Wool actually speaks a little bit about implementing a development program in Laval.
4: Their patience? You know, I appreciate their patience. I think they're they prone uh, development, and for us in the American Hockey League, it's it's very important. Uh, like I said, you know, we we have constant talks with uh, with management and the NHL coaches about putting the players in the right uh, right chair, uh, giving the right opportunity to certain players, which is very important to uh, to the organization. And ultimately, that's our job in the American Hockey League. We want to develop players uh, that can go play for the Montreal Canadiens one day, and uh, that's that's what we try to do.
2: So he understands his his job. Um, it's to prepare the Montreal Canadiens, uh, pr- prepare the, the Montreal Canadiens prospect to be Montreal Canadiens uh, players. Um, but Jeff fool, uh, you know, he has a bit of a playing career. He's had a coaching career. He's competitive. He wants to win. Um, uh, Kelly Buckberger, an assistant coach. Uh, La Perriere, uh, an assistant. They've all had... Uh, playing and and uh, coaching careers, they want to win. Uh, so, so I, I think the the issue is when they talk about how development happens in in Laval. Uh, what did what what do they hear? What what is it that they envision? And last year, Will was was flat out. He said um, that that my job is to make sure that we win. It's the development staff who comes in and and does development. In practice, occasionally, uh, he's we had that quote. Um, now is is that softening? Um, the the uh, he talked about patience, and that is uh, management. Uh, Jeff Gorton, Kent Hughes, being patient with him. Um, there's that that uh, patience phrase again. Another one um, that we heard throughout, and and it's the first time we heard it here is uh, players in the right chair. The, and that's a Marty St. Louis quote from last year. We need to find the right chair for players. Um, Marty St. Louis, when Alex Newhook was uh, acquired, said, I don't think he was in the right chair in Colorado. Um, JF Wool's now talking about the right chair. Uh, that's going to, We're talking about buzzwords. We're talking about buzz phrases. That's something that's going to come up over and over again.
0: Yeah, and I don't mind the idea of finding the right chair for a player, but uh, we just heard uh, Marty St. Louis said that he doesn't want to, you know, have any preconceived notions of Alex Newhook, so he doesn't put him in the wrong chair or anything. Uh, We'll see if they can stick to that and if that's going to apply to all the different players. We'll keep that quote in mind as we go go along here. Uh, The next audio that we do have lined up uh, comes from Kelly Buckberger, And uh, his question was, uh, how do you measure development?
6: I think winning is developing. And I think you ask anybody that has had success is that when you have a winning team, you seem to develop players a lot quicker. And uh, I think that uh, with these kids, uh, they're more in tune about their play right now. And especially in rookie camp, they're they're worried about themselves. And that'll come in the future of winning. And uh, um, we feel like in Laval... um, we have a great atmosphere there. Um, the The fans are unreal. We have a unreal facility for the players to train, and so we got to put them in the right area where we can get them to quickest to the NHL as possible.
2: Kelly Buckberger, assistant coach, um, he hasn't gotten the memo yet about what development <laughs> means. Um, what is development? It's winning, says Kelly Buckberger, um, and and that's that's uh, we've heard that before, especially from Joel Bouchard. Um, if we're winning players are developing, that's not always the case because you can be winning and you can win a Calder cup with, uh, with a team with not, with, with, with few strong prospects, uh, in the AHL, you can have a team, uh, that is veteran laden, uh, or, uh, you can have prospects who never play, who, who play insignificant roles, um, Winning and development uh, are, are a bit of a tug of war. Uh, they're on the same plane, but a bit of a tug of war, and you gotta, you gotta watch where the balance is. Um, you can't devote everything to, to development because winning, you know, having a, a, a terrible atmosphere and always losing, that's not positive for your young prospects. Uh, but, but always focusing on winning means that at the end of the game, uh, when there's a big face off to be taken, you're sending out your um, you're sending out your, your veteran, uh, who's who you have more confidence in, and what message is that giving to your young prospect? And that young prospect isn't learning how to uh, to win faceoffs in a big situation. Same applies to uh, learning uh, skills on the penalty kill, um, or playing up in the lineup, um, or even getting ice time. All of those things are are a push pull um, the, the, the winning and developing. Um, and this is, this is, this is a real challenge, uh, because, you know, Kelly Buckberger, he wants to keep his job and he thinks that, that, uh, by winning, they'll make the playoffs. He'll keep his job and that that development will come automatically. I don't think it's that simple.
0: That sounds a lot like what the mentality was in Laval last season when (laughs) we did see, uh, JF Woolen camp send out, you know, your Alex Belziels with a few minutes left, and then benching your Yan Mishaks and Yessa Ulenin. So, unfortunately, uh, after everything we heard from JF Wool, that sounded like it could have been on the right track. Sounded like, you know, he was going to start to talk like developing young players. Now, hearing from Kelly Buckberger, it sounds like maybe that's not quite what's going to happen, right?
2: Yeah, it's it's difficult, I, and I understand it's difficult. Not many organizations get this exactly right. The ones that do have a pipeline, uh, they they choose the right players in the draft, they develop them properly, and they they graduate them um, to to the NHL. Uh, when it works, it works flawlessly. Uh, the 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 AHL coaches don't feel threatened if they're not winning uh, every game. They know and they've been told by their management uh, that they need to focus on the development path, the long-term approach, the patient approach.
0: And I think the last thing I'll say in regard to that specific quote is I, I think a winning environment could help with development for yes. sure. I think a good mix of some veteran guys who can mentor your young prospects can be very helpful. Like Teaching winning is a very difficult thing to do, so I can completely understand why you would want to have your American League team winning. But like you said, it's kind of a push and pull here. You can't really <laughs> just focus on winning And also be able to develop some of those young prospects at the same time. That's right. Uh, One final quote coming from Kelly Buckberger, and uh, he's talking about providing opportunity with accountability.
6: Well, the accountability comes into play and uh, the young players are going to make mistakes (sighs) just like veteran players. They're all going to make mistakes, but my my thought on all of it is that we need to play these players, and for them to develop and get better, they have to learn. There's no question about it. And if they keep making the same mistake, make same mistake, we will show them in video and everything else. But I, I think the biggest thing is that y- you have priorities. We know that, and everybody else knows that uh, in the organization and as a player. That uh, the young guys are here to develop, and the guys that the older guys that are playing in the NHL as veterans have to lead, and they have to lead by example. They have to uh, bring the players in like a family and uh, teach them, and the coaches can do as much as we can. At the end, I think it comes down to the player how bad they really want it and what they're going to do and put the time in to succeed to get to the next level.
2: My goodness, Um, not to to disparage Kelly Buckberger because he's a very good coach, Um, and we should say that he – Coaches, he was an offensive player um, with the with the Oilers, but he is he coaches the defense uh, in Laval. Um, but he's lots of mixed messages in there. There's lots of things that I liked, and there's things that I didn't like. Uh, he talked about uh, young players making mistakes, and you have to let them make mistakes. Yes, absolutely. Um, he talked about uh, young players needing to play, needing opportunities. Uh, to play, yes, for sure. Um, he said that um, that the the organization has priorities and is prioritizing development. Um, yes, but he then he talked about accountability and if people keep making mistakes, um, we're going to have to we're going to have to intervene here. Um, and the the last part he said um, about veterans have to lead. And the the young players have to follow. I don't I don't like that at all. Uh, one of the things, one of the buzzwords that we've heard from Kent uh, Hughes is ownership. We want our young core players, both at the NHL level and assumingly at the AHL level, to take ownership of this team because they're the ones that are going to learn to win together. They're going to develop chemistry together. They're going to carry this organization. And the veterans are there to support uh, that effort, and we know those veterans, both at the NHL level and AHL level, it's unlikely that they'll be around when we are a perennial, perennially a successful team. Um, so I would have liked to have heard him say, "We want the young players to collectively lead," um, and he chose to say, "No, it's it's the vets that will leave, lead."
0: yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you've said there. And you can see how maybe sometimes you have these bugs, phrases like patience and development, and it can kind of get twisted a little bit into meeting something completely different. Do you agree that that's maybe a case of what's
2: happening here? yeah and 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 because different minds have different ways of interpreting it and and that's even worse when when you're at cross purposes um, and and your messages, um to the players don't necessarily match what you have in, in mind um yeah I, I think there's some of that going on here
0: yeah and uh just before we get to our final bit of audio here and this one comes from jf wool remember that whole uh, finding the right chair for a player i think this is what i want to keep in mind when i listen back to this uh jf wool's t- uh, talking about young players finding the right role and in particularly uh, jan mishak
4: no, you know, he's, he's coming along uh, slowly, like, you know, he, um, you know, sometimes obviously he, he wants to play a little bit more and, you know, in Laval he wanted to have a little bit more ice time and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, he, he's got to find the right chair for himself. I, I think he's, uh, he's a, he can be a good grinder. And so I don't, I don't see him as getting like a lot of points in the, in the American Hockey League, but I think he could be a solid two-way player.
2: Yikes. Um... So, it's one thing um, when you're in a, a media conference to, you know, middle of the week to talk about the upcoming um, Rookie Camp and, and your plans for development and how that works into the organizational um, model that, and direction that's been set for you. It's another thing when you're in the heat of the action. And this quote from Wool comes following the, the uh, the Canadians first rookie game that, that we talked about earlier, the rookie game against Buffalo, um, and then you're you're in the heat of the action, and and you're still, uh, you know, after the game the blood's pumping, and maybe a little bit more of the truth comes out. And uh, this is a really, uh, I I hope uh, Jafou would say that he wants a do-over on that uh, because it was a terrible, terrible description of Jan Meshack. And one of the reasons that uh, I wanted to play this is because um, we'll tie it into our podcast from the summer. Twice um, there was uh, uh, the, the evaluators, uh, the scouts uh, that were talking about the Canadians prospect pool and where players rank and why they rank where they are. And in, in unrelated, um, these two scouts said... Um, we don't. We just don't get it. We just don't get Jan Michak. We we watched him a lot when he was uh, in his draft year. He was tremendous. Um, worked hard. Um, has a lot of skill. Is feisty. Is is um, you know really the 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 heart and the effort uh, and the and and the the player uh, that he is um, is. We thought that the Canadians got a steal. What we and and since we've seen him in Laval and and the few games that we've seen him, he's been tremendous. But then they said we just don't understand why he hasn't developed, why he hasn't progressed, why he hasn't um, you know moved further along. And I think we said what the answer. We said that he wasn't getting ice time. We hear it in the words of J. F. Um He used negative words every time about Jan Meshach. He said his his development is slow. Um, he talked about him, well, he's not going to get that many points in the AHL, and talked about him as a grinder. Um, he said um, he wants more more opportunity. He wants to be in bigger roles. He wants more ice time. Um, but someone, and that is the coaching staff, who have put up those blocks. And so he said, J.F. Wold said, he has to find the right chair. Well, I think what's happened here uh, is there is that what what people th- what people interpret uh, by the meaning of right chair, again a buzzword, a buzz phrase, uh, means different things to different people. For JF Wool, he has in mind what the right chair is for Jan Meeshak. In Meshak's mind, he thinks he's a completely different player and he's got a goal set. Uh, and, and Mishak's goal, I think, matches better with his skill, matches more with his effort, uh, his talent, and, and the talents that uh, the draft scouts um, noted. Um, but for whatever reason, it sounds like J.F. has has given up on this player and is trying to pigeonhole him into a role that may not fit precisely.
0: Yeah, and I think that's exactly the point I was trying to make as well. Have you ever watched Jan Mishak play and thought to yourself, this guy would make a great grinder? Because I don't think (laughs) I have. I I think him being a two-way guy, sure, I can kind of see that. But just simply saying he's not a guy who's going to put up many points, well, I think Jan Mishak is a guy that you should hope puts up quite a few points no? (laughs)
2: if he's given the opportunity, if yeah. and I, I understand you, you want him um, as your penalty killer. And that's where um, his role will likely um, translate to in, in the NHL game. If he makes the NHL, that he's going to be a bottom six forward, that he's going to be a face-off guy. He's going to be a defensive guy. He's going to, um, you know, beyond the, the penalty kill. All of that is, is, is correct. However, um, how about how about uh, teaching or or letting his offensive talents uh, come out uh, so that he ha- is more of a, a two way threat? Uh, he hasn't had that opportunity. He's been healthy scratched. He's had low minutes, uh, so no wonder he's asking for more of an opportunity in Lavelle. And for whatever reason, um, Jeff Wool's got uh, the picture in his mind, you know, the opposite of of. Uh, exactly the opposite of what Marty St. Louis said. He's got a picture that he wants Mishak to fit into. um, And, and you know, that, that stubborn player just thinks he can, he can be more than that. Uh, It's really interesting.
0: So I think it's fair to say that uh, Jan Mishak's development has not been handled quite well. It doesn't appear like that's going to be changing, unfortunately, but uh, we'll see how this, se- play- this season plays out. Uh, maybe it'll be a change of heart. Maybe, like you said, you know, this is something that Jeff Wool would like to take back. But uh, unfortunately, at the moment, not a great quote coming after last night's game.
2: So why did we present this? Again, not to criticize, but to kind of give you all the little pieces, all the little phrases, right chair, patience, taking ownership, um, all of the things that, and it's definitely not the P word, all the things that are going to be themes throughout this season, um, and and the way that that the team is going to be directed, going to be coached, uh, in Laval, in Montreal, and and the kind of, of direction that um, Kent Hughes is going to take as well. Um, put all that together, and then you can start to to ask questions. What are the burning questions uh, of of this year's team? And, and we're going to tackle that uh, on next week's show.
0: Yeah. So for now, we have a few more games in the Prospect Challenge coming up, and then we get to the preseason. And we want to ask you our Canadians Connection question of the week is, which players will you be watching during the Canadians Rookie Camp? We want to make sure that we hear from you, and uh, we'll let you have a little bit of a break here to think about it. And uh, you can reach out to let us know. But for now, we'll take a frontal break. Uh, stay with us. You are listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports
1: Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The Rocket Sports Media team wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, log in to THN.com Montreal, your year-round source for anything Habs-related. That's THN.com Montreal.
0: Welcome back to episode 261 of the Canadian's Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Please make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can check out our website, canadiansconnection.fm. Also, feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line. It's at 5853ROCKET. That's 5853ROCKET. That was a fun segment. Uh, really interesting how all those quotes kind of connected together, isn't it?
2: That's right. It, it uh, they all kind of weave together, and we shouldn't be surprised uh, because these individuals uh, they talk before they get up, uh, before the media and 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 before the microphone and before the fans. Uh, there there are organizational discussions and and themes start to emerge, and uh, it's up it's our job to try and figure out what those themes are. And, and uh, I, I think they, it, it followed a, a pretty natural path this time.
0: Absolutely. And there's going to be plenty of stuff to talk about as the Montreal Canadian season comes closer and closer. Like I said, there has been some hockey games happening with the Prospect Challenge. The preseason games aren't too far away, and you can find all of our Canadians coverage in one place. Just head over to THN.com slash Montreal, and you can find everything that you need about the Montreal Canadiens right there. Also, you're going to want to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search at All Habs, and you can pull up our YouTube channel there. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of our content. And one of the many things you'll find on there is our Habs Hockey Report show. That's hosted by Amy Johnson. And her most recent episode is entitled, Which Canadian's Rookies Are Set to Impress at Camp? Make sure you tune into that as she gives great analysis and she also loves interacting with all the listeners. So leave a comment, leave a like, hit the subscribe button. Don't miss a single episode of that. And also, you may have noticed that some of the episodes of the Canadians Connection podcast have started being put onto YouTube as well. Uh, We noticed that a lot of our viewers and listeners have enjoyed that, so we're going to continue to do that. So make sure if you want to listen to it again, or maybe you're already listening to us on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Don't miss a single episode, and uh, don't hesitate to engage within the conversation there as well. Also, make sure you subscribe to both of our Rocket Sports Radio podcasts on your favorite podcasting app, wherever you get your podcasts. First and foremost, The Press Zone comes out every single Tuesday, hosted by Amy Johnson, Patrick Williams, and sometimes Rick Stevens will get in there too. You can find every single episode of that at thepresszone.fm if you've ever missed a single. Any of the episodes, you can go back, you can re-listen to all of them, and they're going to be your inside source for everything Habs Prospects, uh, Laval Rocket, everything AHL. That's uh, the best place to get all your news and resources on that and make sure you subscribe to this podcast the canadians connection every single episode of the canadians connection is up at canadiansconnection.fm so if you missed anything over the summer go back listen to all that content we put out great content every single saturday throughout the summer while all your other favorite podcast apps uh, were on vacation we were still there to give you some great news and updates on everything montreal canadians and we'll continue to do that every single saturday throughout this busy uh, season for the montreal
2: canadians and at that point, I just want to say a thank you for, uh, to all of the, the new subscribers, uh, to those who were with us through the summer, our downloads were, were through the roof. Uh, we're really glad that that you joined us, that you found us. Um, and uh, our, our uh, plea is to to stick with us through the season. Um, we've been doing this for a very long time, uh, since 2012, um, and, uh, and, and we have a little bit of experience, uh, doing podcasts. Um, we're called Canadians connection for a reason. We have very good connections and we're going to give you the unvarnished truth, uh, from either us, um, or, uh, we're, we're not the, the cheerleading type. Uh, we're going to give you the straight goods, uh, or from, uh, the hockey experts, uh, throughout the hockey world, we're going to bring you their thoughts as well. So uh, thanks again. Be sure to subscribe. We're on all the uh, podcast apps. Subscribe and continue to to listen uh, to us during the uh, regular season.
0: And also, uh, we are recruiting currently. If you are interested in joining our Rocket Sports team, please reach out to us. Uh, we have many different roles. We're looking for writers. We're looking for passionate hockey fans, passionate Quebec hockey fans, passionate Montreal Canadiens fans, anyone who's interested in sports whatsoever, please reach out to us. And uh, Rick, what's the best way for people to let us know if they're interested?
2: You can reach out to us on social media for sure. uh, But the best way is HabsHockeyReport.com, HabsHockeyReport.com, and find the Join Our Team tab and fill out the short application there. Send it to us. We'll get back to you right away. We've added some um, people to our team. This is kind of your last call. We want to get our team uh, set for the upcoming season, just as the Montreal Canadiens and Laval Rocket will be doing over the next few weeks. Uh, we've added some people. We're, we're we're going to make an announcement next week about uh, a couple more who are going to be working on a brand new project for us. We can't tell you about it just yet. We'll talk to about we'll talk about it next week. Um, but our team is growing, um, and and our very talented team, um, and many who have been uh, with Rocket Sports uh, for a dozen years or more. Um, so, if you, wanna, if you want to, if you want to have some fun, uh, work with like-minded people, um, and uh, and 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 share your thoughts on a platform. Remember, we're now on uh, the Hockey News, HockeyNews.com/Montreal. Uh, you're welcome to join us.
0: Yeah, This will be my third season with Rocket Sports and uh, now I'm hosting the podcast almost every single Saturday. And honestly, it's great to have a platform. Uh, People tune in. they listen to what I say. It's phenomenal. So if you're like-minded like that and that's something that interests you, uh, definitely reach out to Rick Stevens and uh, he'll get you all set up with us. Uh, Now it's a good time to get to our Canadians Connection question of the week. And I've teased this a few times which players will you be watching during the Canadians rookie camp? There are lots of different interesting options, and we want to make sure that we hear from you. Uh, like I said, our Rocket Sports text line is 5853-ROCKET. And uh, Rick, if people have a little bit more to say, I believe they can email us as well.
2: sure can. Send us an email at hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. If uh, you want to talk about uh, David Reinbacker, Logan Mayu, some of the more popular uh, young rookies, maybe it's Owen Beck, Emil Heinemann. Uh, Sean Farrell, let's not forget about him, or Riley Kidney, really skilled uh, player, or um, maybe John Meshack, who we spent a lot of time talking (laughs) about uh, today.
0: And we get tons of messages throughout the week, uh, texts, emails, comments on our social media, comments on YouTube. And Rick, I think we found the perfect description of how this fan base is feeling about uh, the Montreal Canadiens this season and the job that Kent Hughes did over the offseason, and uh, I will let you present that.
2: We have a wonderful um, hockey community um, who has been with Rocket Sports, some for a very long time, uh, and and, uh, their opinions run the gamut um, from one extreme to another and right in the middle. We asked you to rate um, Kent Hughes and, and the success that he's had. Um, and these comments come straight from um, Facebook. Um, and they're, they're top to bottom, you know, both extremes and in the middle. And interestingly, they came consecutively, which, which is amazing. Uh, Robert uh, on Facebook says, new management has made some good moves, but the success of this team can't be based on one offseason. All right, that's a reasonable, reasonable opinion. Um, One extreme. Mike says, Kent Hughes is a great GM. All right. Christopher says, this is a clown show. Wasted draft picks, bad trades, and retaining a delusional peewee coach. The Canadians will never make the playoffs or even play 500 shinny. All right, thank you. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, audience. Uh, wonderful set of listeners with very, very diverse um, opinions, and we, we, we just love hearing from from all of you. We, we truly do. Um, if if we look at YouTube, you mentioned that our podcasts are on YouTube, so we also get comments on YouTube. Uh, this one comes from Kerry um, on YouTube. He says. A-plus for sub- subtractions. Remember, we, they, we talked about Ken Hughes, his additions and subtractions. Uh, much, of, much of the analytics, the way the Canadians have progressed, focus on the, on the deletions um, and, he, and being Drouin and, and Edmondson. So Kerry says A-plus for subtractions. Uh, Reinbacker is an A-plus. Then the new hook gamble. Is it similar to Doc? Undetermined, as no games played with Montreal as of yet. Give it 18 games on November 18th. Then you can decide how his start went. Drafting goalies and a second jack eye? Um, unproven so far. Cheers uh, from Kerry. Um, we also got uh, a, a long text uh, from Chris in um, Hamilton, Ohio. Uh, and I'm not going to read. I'm. I think I'm going to save this one for next week. Uh, but he talks. He, he starts out and says regarding um, yesterday's podcast. He listened to it on Sunday. Uh, brilliant as usual. Thank you. Um, and he talks about the 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 various um, uh, GMS. Remember, I said don't trust every GM because there hasn't been much much success over the past year. So he goes in great detail. Um, he's uh, obviously a a uh, student of, of the Montreal Canadiens, a student of the game, and, and he has a lot of history to, to rely on watching this team. Um, and he says that the Canadians have not had a worthy GM since Sam Pollock until now. Um, he says he's, uh, that he trusts uh, the current um, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon more than he's trusted any leadership group uh, that has preceded them, save Sam Pollock. Um, so I'm going to read the, this whole thing, uh, next, next week, cause he's got a lot of good points. Uh, but we've had, we've had such good response, uh, to our podcasts, um, over the summer and certainly to, to last week's, we're, we're happy that you, um, like the, the topics that we bring to you. Um, and we should say that, that your feedback helps us determine, Uh, What we focus on so thank you thank you to all our listeners, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, a season with you.
0: Yeah, and we love the passion if there's anything I get from all of these messages and comments it's that our listeners are very passionate about this team. And I love to see it. You know, Everyone's thinking critically about what's going on. And through some of these messages and comments, I can tell they're listening to us as well, which is very (laughs) good to hear too. So continue to do that. If you have anything to say at all, don't hesitate to reach out to us. And it's going to be an interesting week for these Montreal Canadiens. The next game they have in this prospect challenge in Buffalo is going to be on September the 18th versus Ottawa. 1.30 1.30 p.m. puck drop, so like I said, if you're at work, make sure you have an empty monitor that uh, you can pop the game on and watch that through work.
2: We're also going to this weekend, in addition to to keeping an eye on the games, and we'll, we'll talk about both uh, the Boston game and the Ottawa game on next week's show, uh, so don't worry about that. But this weekend, we're also uh, a non-hockey matter. We're also thinking about our our listeners and our friends in, in Atlantic uh, Canada, it's a, a tough weather weekend with tropical storm Lee. And uh, we're just, uh, our thoughts are going to be with you and stay safe. Um, we're, we're just hoping for the best for, uh, for the folks in Atlantic Canada.
0: Absolutely. So that's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the Canadians connection podcast in the player or on any of your favorite podcasting apps. You can also share it on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week, and we'll be back here next Saturday, September the 23rd, for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports.